0: Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello, welcome to session 265 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you are having a wonderful day. I'm actually recording this at the very tail end of December, it's uh, December 30th. I know how difficult, well, I don't know the individual stories, but I, on the collective whole, I know how hard of a year 2020 has been for so many of us. And I know that many of us are ready to make this transition into 2021. So I hope that uh, when this session airs, that you are doing well, that you are making this transition and we have more clarity with regard to vaccines and all of those different things. Today's conversation is with Brant Thompson from OnlinePracticeBuilder.com. Brant is actually a, a therapist in private practice in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And uh, Brant has a pretty interesting life Career, so he's a social worker, but he, his original major in college was high level like piano performance, and so he actually went to a music school and was going to become a professional musician, and then decided to make this transition into social work, and has done some pretty amazing stuff throughout his career. But uh, I wanted to have Brandt on the uh, podcast. We've we've been friends for a number of years, and Brandt decided you know as for many of us who have made this transition this past year to telehealth rand decided rand had a pretty crazy situation which you'll hear on the podcast about just how real this became in short he had to make a really quick transition into telehealth and here uh, in today's session we're a, we're planning on just talking about that what are some of the things that he had to consider what are the struggles that he had And then we're wrapping up with what are three of the business or life lessons that Brent learned during this transition? I wanted to have Brent on because I know that many of us that many of us are in this season where we might be thinking, what is our career going to look like in 2021 and beyond, right? Uh, And I mentioned this on the podcast interview, but it's Therapy and private practice, as we know it, the 2019 version of this is not coming back, right? There's just too many changes, too many things now to factor. And so what, what does this look like and what and how do we honor that part of ourselves that desires to make that transition and not listen to fears and all of those different things? So we'll get right to today's podcast session. Here is my conversation with Brant. Thompson from OnlinePracticeBuilder.com. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Hey, Brent, welcome to Selling the Couch. Thank you, Melvin. It is
1: great to be here.
0: It's been really nice. I think we have known each other a couple of years now.
1: I I think so. We first made contact a couple of years ago, although I first became familiar with your podcast as it was beginning, around four years ago for myself.
0: Wow. I I didn't realize it had been that long. One, I'm sorry that it took so long to, (laughs) to reach out, but I really am grateful for this conversation because I know this is something that many of us have done in the field, which is make this transition to telehealth, And in more specifically, even thinking through what this means for our businesses going forward. So I really am just grateful for this time. Great. Myself as well. I, you know, I was trying to think about like where to even, you know, start this conversation. And I think the question that I wanted to ask you was, you know, tell us a little bit about what was happening for you as you transitioned to teletherapy, especially at, and, you know, in the start of 2020 as this pandemic, as we were learning more and all of those different things.
1: For me, things changed quite abruptly. My last in-person client here, I am actually in my office, although I do telehealth entirely, had an exposure and he informed me the next day. Wow. And we just did not know enough about COVID, its features, etc. cetera. There were not even masks for healthcare providers and yeah. putting that out there as a context and it meant for me quarantining immediately. Wow. We have a daycare in our home and to keep those kiddos and families safe. And because we knew so little about COVID, I ended up quarantined in my own bedroom for two or three weeks.
0: Oh my gosh. You know what? I didn't even realize like that had happened. I mean, talk about like something that is abstract and happening somewhere else and then becoming very real in just the course of one session.
1: So within a matter of, 48 hours, I had everything set up and ready to go. My computer, my laptop, my bed, my bedside table, a chair, and brought a table in. And I was figuratively and literally in business and quite smoothly, virtually missed no sessions with my clients.
0: Did you tell your, I mean, how did you, I guess, communicate with the remainder of your clients about, you know, this transition and potential exposure? Like how much, I guess, disclosure did you have with that?
1: Mm, Yeah, thank you. Good question. I tend to do long-term work with my clients. So about 80% of my clients have been with me for more than two years, approach being psychodynamic primarily. And in those cases, it was fairly easy. We have a, a fairly close relationship. And of course, with boundaries, what I found it was nice was there really was a lot of parallel process happening with my clients. Many of them are professional and supporting them in the transition from being at work to needing to be at home, while the same thing was happening to me, self-disclosure was actually a wonderful thing that we could do that because I already had such strong relationships with those clients.
0: And I think there's something just so unique about this pandemic, right? We were all in this, right? And dealing with it. So it's not like some abstract thing, you know, for example, if you were to tell a client, you know, a significant person in your life passed away and I need it, you know, something or I need to, you know, it's, we were all dealing with it.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: Um, So you made this transition, set up the office. I mean, were you even take us into that moment? Were you scared, like uncertain, like, or it was more like, you know what, this is what we have to do. It kind of just went into like, okay, this is the next logical step.
1: So a five second narrative and then how it felt, I went in the back door. I was required to by my family took off any potential laundry, shoes, et cetera, showered, and was basically forced by my family, with a smile, to go up into my room and stay there. And I did not come out for about two weeks. But for me, setting up, there was a level of focus. It was almost a monastic experience. It was very peaceful. Although there was isolation, on a deeper spiritual level and emotional level, there was increased connection with the people who I could not see in person. Family, clients, professional colleagues, networks, uh, long-term relationships I'd had with people were no longer in person. And what I would add to that is there also was some fun. I had times where I literally would go out my window onto my porch roof with a pizza Uh and social distance 100 yards from people walking by and have my pizza and wave at people walking by, playing Yahtzee with a friend in Maryland while I'm here in Minnesota. So we made some good, positive experience out of what really was a, a true quarantine.
0: Yeah, I mean, one, it's like it is amazing that you know you took something that's so startling and sudden, and just being able to see see things like almost a spiritual experience, right? And and then even to like reframe that, and not just in your mind, but actually that it translates into tangible action. You know, these are opportunities where I can now connect with different people where I can see the world differently and all of those things. I'm really like curious because, you know, you and I, I know a little bit more about your past history, right? Careers and all of these different things that then listeners might know. But so I wanted to ask you that you, I mean, you've had a diverse range of careers, right? And I know like you were even like a high level performer in music, right? I'm just really curious, like, how do you think that, if, if you think it did, how do you think that affected just sort of your mentality in that moment?
1: If you were to ask people who know me the best, they would say, I'm creative. I have a quiet emotional intensity. And I think that carries across areas of who a person is, as well as what they do with it professionally. So I went to New England Conservatory, piano performance major, realized that was not what I wanted professionally, became a social worker, realized that frontline straight social work was not just what I wanted. I became a clinical social worker, worked in the schools for almost 15 years. And as the role of clinical social work and therapy school-based changed, I no longer felt like I was a good fit in the school setting and I opened my own practice. It literally was a leap. I left, let everything go, and jumped right into my practice. And as a therapist in practice, it was very scary discerning what is my niche, where do I want to work, who am I as a therapist, what do I feel like, what clinical skills and information do I bring to the table? It has now moved forward even further to who am I as a creative, as someone with clinical knowledge and skills in front of a computer screen? Who am I? What do I do? How do I engage with people over the computer screen, whether it's personally or professionally?
0: I um, I love how you're saying this because, I mean, truthfully, this is a struggle that I have, right? Like I'm, you know, I consider I'm a psychologist, I'm a licensed psychologist, right? But I'm also, I think the, that title of creator is sort of how I would think of myself in this space, right? I love building things, creating things, creating videos, doing podcasts, all of these things, right? And uh and truthfully it's something that I've struggled with even very recently, which is I feel like intuitively and creatively I want to do all of these things, but I do in some ways feel that tension of needing to confine myself, I guess maybe to traditional talk therapy. I don't know if that makes sense, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I wonder if you've ever struggled with that and you know, because I think a lot of folks listening have that tension and, you know, how, how you've sort of navigated that.
1: You know, that's, that's a nice way to think about who we are as therapists, but also who we are in person compared to online, because ultimately that is the question, that is the reality that we're living in. So discovering who I am and going through processes internally, spiritually, with people who know me well, of self-exploration has been very, very important. And it has changed. Since the quarantine I had in March, I was again quarantined when my daughter, who's a young adult who works at the hospital, she was at bedside of two people who died from COVID on the same day and she needed her dad. So when she got home that night, I gave her a hug and I knew it would mean a couple more weeks of quarantine, but I was okay with that. It wasn't necessarily a problem. So I brought my family, my daughter and I closer and it made me realize that I have much to give other people in addition to therapy. So during that time, I have literally taken more than 150 hours of courses on becoming a professional coach, on what does different aspects of therapy look like online, on what does it mean to be a business person online? And I had not thought about that in such clarity until this time.
0: Yeah, um... I, I mean, I, I, one, I just, I, I think the thing, you know, that I often struggle with is, especially in this online space, especially in like a lot of, you know, these professional communities of therapists, right? We like, we see this one side, right? This is the niche that I work with. This is my training, right? But yeah, I mean, we're all whole people. And yeah, and how do we sort of integrate all of those parts of ourselves? Because I don't know, at least for me, that's such a big part of small business ownership is that we get to create something that I guess honors that, that creative spark, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, I also just wanted to say I resonate as a fellow girl dad. So <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Dad, I, I Yeah. <laughs> I, it's wonderful. I wanted to just transition and, and kind of dive a little bit deeper into just a couple of things. So I think I had asked, you, you know, Brent, would you mind just thinking about like three life or business realizations that you've had as a result of, of transitioning to, uh, to teletherapy and and making this transition now, you know, to hundred percent online, what would those three be? And maybe what we can do is just kind of take one at a time and, and dive deep in.
1: Sure. Sure. The first one would be that I realized how much passion and focus and readiness I have to be supporting other therapists in a coaching role. Mm. I had not realized that before, but began noticing and realizing that I was increasing my contact with other therapists. They were having anxieties like I was. So we were having a common experience, but I found myself wanting to reach to provide information to support and challenge and accountability to my colleagues who are also therapists. Mm So for me, that has meant a real business change. I'm intentionally allowing my own therapy practice to gradually decrease in numbers, just on its own, not accepting new clients, making referrals out. And I'm increasing the number of professionals to whom I provide business coaching, including therapists. And I could not have seen this coming 10 months ago.
0: That's amazing. How, um, what is it like to slowly let go of the therapy practice?
1: letting go of the therapy practice slowly on two levels has a level of sadness to it Mm. because it means knowing that I'm letting go of my clients who I have supported for long periods of time. It's nice that I have the option of doing that gradually. That's very, very nice, but it also means a change in identity. I'm a very visual person, a very physical person and experiencing an environment. When I walk into an, into a room, into a space, feeling the energy of that space I will have to give up my office. I will have to transition into a new space, which is my home, and create that new space. And there's some sadness in that.
0: Yeah, which is completely understandable. I mean, how do you make space, I guess, for that new identity? Like mm, mm. and emotionally and all of those things.
1: Relationship. So influence of other people, asking others, you know, what do you think? Or how does it feel if the wall is this color or some feng shui? And actually getting the input of other people. And then I'm not so alone in making the change, and I have influence of others, and it also can become somewhat of a common energy. So, right now in my home, creating a new space that will be my office, both for therapy, for business coaching, but also in my home, I have my girls, my wife helping me, and a couple of friends over Zoom helping me pick the colors or what kind of furniture should I have there. And I have colleagues here in this building. Supporting me as I transition to leaving this office and releasing it to the next person.
0: Um, you said something just so beautiful, and I just wanted to like make sure we really highlight it. Which is, I feel like for many of us, when we make transitions from one identity to another or from one business to another, it's really easy to hold it to ourselves, right? I can't. I got to figure this out before I let everybody else know right? But you've done something which is so beautiful. And, and I can tell just how intentional you've been with it, which is, you've actually let in the people that know you love you care about you. And you've let them walk alongside of you. And even to some degree, I think, like hold you and carry you, right? I imagine through some of this, and I just wanted to say, like, that's, a that's just a beautiful way of of doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- thank you. And and I, the, the aspect of that, that is a compliment. Thank you. And it also is a blessing. It's, it's an opportunity that's been given and I've been fortunate in this.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's such a great way also of looking at it. I mean, seeing opportunities as blessings, right. And, and seeing that as new seasons of life, right. There's, I don't know. I mean, you said it so well, like there's a, I would imagine like a simultaneous sadness plus a excitement, right? And like holding both of those and navigating and moving through both of those.
1: The word excitement is exactly what I was thinking as you spoke the word.
0: Mm, We're very much in sync today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think so.
0: Um, So the first one was just uh, realizing how much of a passion you had and a readiness to help uh, therapists and a transition to like business mentorship coaching. Uh, You said you invested almost 150 hours, like learning and figuring this out just offhand, any like resources that were particularly helpful?
1: This may surprise, and this may not surprise others, but literally Udemy
0: Hmm.
1: and then finding instructors on Udemy, but then contacting them and asking for individual or small group coaching. So right now I literally have four of my own coaches. One is video technology. What do they help Uh, with, yeah? yeah, Video and technology, business, self-care, and as different from therapy, self-care, coaching on self-care, and then coaching around how to be a therapist. And it's not supervision. It's not clinical consultation. It's coaching on how to be a good therapist. It's challenge. It's accountability. And when I integrate all those things and continue to Right now I'm receiving 10 to 15 hours of coaching. I'm passing forward the skills, the information, the experience I'm having with my own coaches. I'm passing that forward to the people who I am beginning to coach.
0: Mm, it's such a it's a good, such a good way of looking at it. So I wanted to ask you something really random. You have been in the field for a number of years. You've been a business owner for a number of years. And I was actually watching this and I'm going to probably butcher it, but I was watching this TED talk the other day and they were saying, you know, one of the challenges of a, what they were referring to, like companies, one of the challenges of companies that are like long lasting is that they can get almost stagnant or they get so uh, rigid and and believe that, you know, they know what they're doing, right? But you had the foresight to say, you know what, I got to figure this out and I need help. Take us inside that mindset shift of like, you know, of asking for help when you have been a business owner for such a long time.
1: I have a friend who is a clinical social worker and she and I worked together in a residential program. And at that point, this would have been seven or eight years ago, she was saying, Brant, you need to get out of this setting and be a therapist. Mm. And I did not listen to her. So this transition time, I called her and I said, okay, you knew me well, you challenged me, I want you to support me here. And with her support and accountability, I keep going back to that word, I think accountability is very important. I made the shift and this changed very quickly because I knew that I had to, there was, there was no waiting. And I had the opportunity in quarantine to really make this change, although quickly, in a way that internally was very paced, steady, with a sense of calm, but I knew that I was going to need to move forward and scale beyond being a therapist because the whole nature of what therapy is, what it means as a profession is changing. We don't know just what it will look like in a year, in five years. And I knew that by adding coaching and by adding online instruction, I was going to be diversifying my income and I chose to do it very quickly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think, yeah, the, how we understood therapy and private practice the 2019 version is not coming back right like it's gonna <laughs> I really so-
1: believe it is not coming back
0: yeah it's not I mean I think just just too many changes that have happened and yeah I, I do feel like those of us that have the the flexibility and sort of the uh, ability to think outside the box despite fear you know are the ones that I think will, ultimately, I think, create businesses that are not just like financially stable, but like fulfilling, like personally fulfilling as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Um, so what, uh, what about the second sort of insight that you've learned?
1: The second insight I learned was the importance of staying connected to the natural environment around us. It was so easy to become disconnected from the air, rain, clouds, sunlight and the importance of staying connected to the natural world and how critical that is for us. And for me personally, I was thankful that over the summer, kayaking down a river equals social distancing. And I say that with a sense of humor, but I took my kayak down seven different rivers or lakes over the last summer. And I'm thankful for that connection to nature Hmm. as being a socially safe thing. But also a very beautiful thing that I had not recognized before my time alone, secluded in one room.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's awesome. I you know just to even like share a personal element of this. I my my favorite park that you know I often walk probably four times a week. It's a nice little two two and a half mile an hour uh, two and a half mile loop through the woods. It's uh, five minutes away, and when this pandemic started, I think because we didn't know so much about it. The county closed down that park for about three months. And yeah, I quickly realized like how vital nature is, you know, especially to the work that we do, you know, just to be able to reconnect and recenter and all of those things. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Um, what about the third thing?
1: The third thing for me is the lack of permanence that we have. I realized that I think on more of a profound or spiritual level And that is critical, I think, to to anyone's health, health or well-being, whether it's on a conscious level or or not, but putting it out there on a conscious level, giving an example, I think of my parents in Rhode Island who are both uh, thankfully still here. I think of my teachers from high school in Providence. I grew up in Rhode Island, one of whom is still alive and my connection to him. And when I think about the fact that we are not permanent what we're able to give one another, what we're able to do for one another is temporary. It's a one-time thing. And when I listen to that sense that I have inside, I know 100% that it is my time to be supporting other therapists and other small business owners, simply forwarding the skill and the knowledge that I have gained uh, professionally, but also personally, from how I have responded to this pandemic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think... I I used to have an old mentor. who used to tell me, like Melvin, hold hold your position loosely. You know. Oh yeah. yes, uh, hold
1: your position loosely. Wow.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know when you when you were saying that's what it reminded me of because yeah if if there's ever a time to hold that right it's is now right yeah uh, absolutely mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really random like last question before we kind of wrap up you said it you you take a very spiritual orientation, I think, to life, right? How do you handle like the day-to-day as this pandemic unfolds? You know, there's one day there's vaccines coming out, right? The next day there's issues with uh, getting the vaccines to places, right? Like all of these different things, right? So how do you handle all of that?
1: There's a degree to which I, I just don't. Mm. There is so much anxiety around this, and this is where I go to the personal side when I think of my family or close friends or my neighbors or my pets, that impermanence. There, for me, is a lot of anxiety around vaccine, around what will things look like in a year, what will things look like microbiologically in five years. I do think that way, Mm. but listening to and hearing others and their perspectives and how they're responding in the present to that anxiety that I think we share mm. is something I'm doing quite readily. Mm. I think for me, it's natural. Part of it is also just playing the skill we have as therapists, right? The ability to listen. Mm. But part of how I'm responding to the reality of how little we really know about the long-term in my perspective is to acknowledge that anxiety and join others who share that anxiety.
0: Really well said. Uh, Brent, I'm, I'm really grateful for you, grateful for our friendship. Please tell us a little bit more about the new business and um, how we can touch base with you.
1: Thank you. And, and likewise, maintaining this connection with you, Melvin, is is very meaningful. Thank you. My business as it moves and transitions has a program that I am branding as online practice builder. Mm. So it is one of many programs that can help a therapist transition to private practice or strengthen an existing private practice, or move to private practice for the first time. What's unique about this one is that keyword online. Mm. What does it mean to be online as a therapist? What does it mean to have someone point out the questions you cannot afford not to ask? What does it mean to be online? It is not as simple as, let's open up my laptop and find a chair and a table. It's much more complex than that. So to provide a program that helps people think through those things methodically and in depth so that by the time they get through my programming, they have a solid practice building plan in place online. So I have rolling, rolling beta groups. And I think in this case, I know I will have a hashtag STC access to my rolling beta group um, at a discount. So I'll ask anyone who hears this from STC, look for that hashtag on one of my websites and give me a call. And we'll talk about one of my rolling beta groups, which I'm very, very excited to be able to offer to different people.
0: Perfect. Brian, I really do appreciate you uh, doing that for, for our community. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see, and see you and uh, experience you as you step into this new role.
1: Thank you. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Thanks so much, Melvin.
0: You're welcome. Have a great rest of your day. Yep, you as well. Bye. Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Brent. And especially if you are in a season where you are trying to figure out where's my career going and what are the pieces of myself that I want to honor and what kind of products and services do I want to launch? What do I want my future career to look like? Any of those questions. I hope that today's podcast session has been really helpful for you. You know, I think one of the most biggest lessons that I took away from this conversation is just being able to take a step back and really being attuned to where you are in life and what intuitively is bringing you joy and passion. I feel like we are all gifted in different ways and we're all meant to do different things in the world. And One of the most honoring things that we can do is to to listen to that intuitive voice. Show notes to today's episode, which is basically a summary of everything that Brand talked about, can be found on the Selling the Couch blog, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 265. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com.